Welcome. My name is Greg Hancock, and along with my friend Patrick Curran, we make up Quantitude. We're a podcast dedicated to all things quantitative, ranging from the relevant to the highly irrelevant. In this, our very first episode, we go into a bit more detail about our hopes and dreams for this podcast, as well as a little bit about how the two of us got here. We also discuss requirements to become a police officer in the state of Colorado, what you don't want to say in your application to a quantitative methods graduate program, a tight 10, hot yoga, broken legs, army recruiters, what you can do with a degree in child clinical psychology, parental wisdom, and umlauts. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Patrick Curran, and along with me is my friend and sidekick, Greg Hancock. Say hello, Greg. Hello, Greg. Oh, there we go. So that's a bit of low-hanging fruit, huh? Just start us off. Start us off with the easy stuff. Really sets the expectation, sets the bar for what people can expect. (laughs) So welcome to the inaugural episode of Quantitude. It's a podcast that Greg and I are trying to do, and we are not entirely sure of what the purpose is or why we're doing it. And we thought we would spend a few minutes today kind of describing who we are and what we might like to achieve and uh, why it may or may not be of interest to you. Greg, anything you want to start us out with? Uh, so <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, and you, you we really appreciate your time for sure. tuning in today. Future <laughs> episodes episode. are going to be exactly like this. <laughs> so let me let me do a brief introduction of myself, and then Greg can of himself as well, and we can just kind of go from there. So. Um, I am a professor in the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience. Note how that makes me sound smarter. Ooh. 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 And Neuroscience at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, I've been there since 1999, which I'm not so good with numbers, but I'm pretty sure is a really long time. Um, uh, In the department here at Carolina, we give out PhDs in all the usual areas in social and clinical and developmental, and we also give a PhD in quantitative psychology, and I am in that program, and I have the honor of being director of that program, at least for the time being. So, Greg, what do you do for a living? Uh, Sure. I'm in the uh, program in measurement, statistics, and evaluation in neuroscience. (laughs) Nope, that one's mine. Okay, all right, you get the neuroscience. Uh, Measurement, statistics, and evaluation at the University of Maryland. Uh, It's embedded within the Department of Human Development and Quantitative Methodology. I have been here since uh, 1995, and I was four years before that uh, at Auburn University. Uh, I've been the director of our quantitative methods program here For the last 11 years, we give master's degrees and doctoral degrees in quantitative methods. Uh, Nothing else, just quantitative methods. The rest of the department gives degrees in other stuff, um, but our students don't have to take that stuff. Just quantitative methods. Very cool. So what are we doing here? Why are we trying to do this podcast? Because it's not entirely clear to me yet. Do you have an opinion on the matter? (sighs) Well, in our jobs, we say stuff. Not, there's not much use in it, but we still say stuff. And I think this is an outlet for us just to say stuff. Um, and I think like with what I do every night uh, that I teach, 
two hours and 45 minutes, there's probably going to be a solid 10 minutes of good stuff in there. Um, so let's, you've, got a, you've got a tight 10. <laughs> well, I've worked, I've worked up to that. I, I've worked up to it. It takes uh, years to get a tight 10. It, <laughs> it does. Um, uh, no, I think that we probably have a lot of experience to draw on in terms of quantitative stuff, in terms of experiences in academia, in terms of perspectives on the world based on how we uh, how we think about things. And it would be fun to share with each other and share with other uh, the one other person who will be interested in listening. <laughs> Which at this point is my mother. And so Hi, Patrick's I, mom. Hello. I appreciate you tuning in, mom. Mm-hmm. Or at least telling me on the phone that you tuned in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just thought it would be fun because you and I had a conversation that, you know, earlier that we both love our day jobs but we're just looking for something different. Something, I wouldn't say that I'm bored, but I, if I think about a Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock in 2021, I actually have a decent guess as to where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing, which in some way is very appealing to me. Um, in others, it is less so. And so this is just fun. It was just something different to talk about things that you and I are passionate about, but also might be of interest to other people. What, what will you be doing at, in 2021 at three o'clock on a Tuesday? Probably napping. That's yeah. usually what I, that's from one to four is my napping time. Uh-huh. So that really wasn't the best prediction that I, I could have made. So I'd be sound asleep. Okay. All right. But Fair enough. I think that's my, my hot yoga slot. Really? <laughs> so that means you're sleeping too. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> So I have no idea what a podcast is going to look like. So Mm kind of, all right, I'll pitch out some ideas and then you throw some on as well as I'm thinking maybe we could have call-ins. I always love the car talk guys. Can we like go right up to the edge of copyright infringement and and be the car talk guys? I, uh, are are they alive? One of them is. Okay. Yeah. And he's totally cool. Okay. Then fine. Yes. Okay. Let's drift. Let's drift over that line in a big way. All right. So, so kind of call-ins talking about things, but also something that you know affects everybody is just you know what is the role in quant in in everyday life in the newspapers in how it's used in politics in in you know how do people quote and describe research in ways that's manipulative or disingenuous and kind of exploring issues about you know quant in everyday life. We didn't talk about this before, but I wasn't aware you were trying to make this useful. Is Ooh. that? Yeah. Why don't you pull I, back on that a little I'm bit? Gonna, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. What else have we talked about doing on this thing? Um, yeah, I, I like that. <clears throat> I like the things that you've said, actually. And um, uh, life in academia, probably, I think, is something that we can comment on a good bit. I think we might have a chance to talk with people in our field other than ourselves that is to say people who actually know stuff oh that okay right but then you're back to being useful again we keep Mm. being pulled toward that direction it'll pass okay good (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah uh throw some puzzlers in there right i know you you like you like brain games i like puzzles yeah i'm really really bad at them but i read them out of a book and then i read the answer And then I pose the puzzler to someone else and am really self-righteous and judgmental because I already read the answer. So it's kind of a win-win for me. I think that's a model then. Well, that's in. We're totally putting that in. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Um, and just the puzzlers are good for active seniors, Patrick. I, I like <laughs> I like that you're, yeah. That was walk. targeted to you, Mom. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> Sorry. So. All right. We're our, drifting. We are drifting, but that's cool. Because okay. we're not getting paid for this and no one is paying to listen to it. And so we have a few more degrees of freedom. All right. Ooh, degrees of freedom. So there's a future topic. <laughs> nice. Noted. Um, yeah, I, I really hope that we can talk about, uh, in terms of content stuff, we can probably talk about a wide range of things, things uh, at, that seem like easy issues, but that might be worthy of taking different stabs at explaining it for folks, uh, different audiences, and maybe some more advanced topics as well. Uh, we can just put our two cents together on that. I like that. And another thing, oh, jot this down. I see you writing things down. Mm-hmm. Either that or you're doing email while we're, we're working on this. It's a toss-up between the two. But... Seven across. Um, <laughs> a word for... Okay. Okay, Go you got it? Mm-hmm. All right. Is... Uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Urban myths. That's it. Ooh. Is I wanted... Things drive me crazy. So you and I both do a lot of teaching, respond to a lot of emails, and the number of things that come across my desk that are just not true, where some student will say, my advisor said that I have to, or my advisor said I can never, and then some ridiculous thing is inserted. And so I want to start developing a list of urban myths in quantitative methods. I so like that's it. going to be another feature of the show. Just randomly they'll come up in, in conversation. And exactly. We'll generate and a master list. Over time, we will develop a list of urban myths. And where would we post that list, Patrick? Why, we could develop a web page, Greg. What? I think we could call it quantitudethepodcast.org because the org makes you seem like you know, much cooler than calm. It, may, <laughs> it makes you seem a little bit NPR-ish, frankly. But that's okay. That's all right. That wasn't what I was after, but for Today, what it's Patrick, worth for eight... I've baked muffins. I would like to share the muffin recipe with our audience. That's, to okay. me, that's .org, but that's fine. <clears throat> if, you, if it makes you feel legit, then we can .org it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I even told you this. I also bought the quantitudethepodcast.com. Because it was eight bucks, and it goes to the same <laughs> site. If you're NPR-like, use the .org. If you're an MBA business guy like my brother, use the .com, and you will just feel differently about yourself depending upon which one you use. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So note to self, develop a website. Oh, Good. yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, I tried to get .xxx, but it was like $38,000, and so I figured... We'll leave that to somebody else. Okay. All right, so develop Uh, website. Website, noted on the to-do list. Hey, I think it's a fad, but I have read an article in The New Yorker about this social media stuff. So, I think it's just a a flash and it's not going to catch on. But if we have a website, shouldn't we have some kind of social media thing? Um, I could ask one of my teenage sons uh, about that if you want, but we could use the Twitter, the Patrick. Twitter, and <laughs> and send twits. Should we? yes, let's 
Let's let's post twits on the bulletin board on the interwebs. <laughs> we, the intertube, Greg. The, it's called the intertube. Intertube. I'm so sorry, you cool kids. Um, yes, in fact, uh, we have a Twitter handle, Patrick, and it's at Quantitude Pod. At Quantitude Pod under the name Quantitude the Podcast. Um, so look for that. Okay, Patrick's so mother. We can, I was just going to say so. <laughs> As soon as I can tell my mom how to turn her iPhone on, she can uh-huh. check that. <laughs> but okay. what's the I? <laughs> no, it doesn't, Mom. It's just, oh, God. Okay. So we got a sense of what, maybe what we're doing, maybe yeah. what we want to do. Then the next question is, well, how the hell did we get here? What is your trajectory that landed you in this glorious office I see in the background at the University of Maryland that appears to have asbestos hanging down from the ceiling, but it's I can't fine. quite it's tell. Fine. It's fine. Uh, Breathe right, through so your the, nose. Everybody knows that's the, fine with asbestos. Uh-huh. The, uh, all right, so the origin story. The origin story in... H- how long have you given me? Um, once you... the cops come to pick you up, evidently, because <laughs> that's all I hear in the background. So I would speak quickly. Give me a second. <laughs> All right, okay. while Greg is hiding under his desk. All right, he's back. All now, right. just tell me, so did you grow up as a young little Gregory Hancock and always want to be a quantitative methodologist? Uh, yeah, so no. Um, like any other child without a major head injury, I did not do that. Can we say that? <laughs> um, okay, we did. Uh, right. So nobody wants to be that when you grow up. Statistics is what happens to you while you're making other plans. Um, <clears throat> I was pre-med and I had taken all the pre-med classes. I'd survived my organic chemistry and my physics and, and the math. And I was doing the biology in my junior year and <clears throat> I broke my leg. And I was at the bottom of a hill on the University of Washington campus in the rain on crutches with my book bag looking up the hill (sighs) and then I look over to my right and there's the administration building and then I look up the hill to biology and then I look over to my right the administration building and I just said yeah it's not going to happen so I did not walk up the hill to my biology class I went over the administration building and that very day uh, I withdrew from being pre-med and uh, and became the equivalent of pre-ed, we didn't have an education undergraduate degree, We so I got uh, degrees in math and chemistry. So um, just then, to clarify, <clears throat> yeah, you could be a physician working with Doctors Without Borders now, but you didn't want to walk up the hill. It was raining. Oh, and, and, you, I didn't get that part of the story. So it was raining and up the hill. And yeah, and I had my leg in a cast. I mean, come on. <clears throat> okay, now that's cool. Yeah, totally. So I uh, finished out my degrees, got training, uh, uh, postgraduate training in teaching, became a high school teacher in math and chemistry, went back to graduate school, and was in an entirely different program. And I had to take statistics. And I was just dead sure I was going to hate it because everybody hated it. That was the culture in graduate school. Everybody hated statistics. And I took my statistics course, and I thought it was the best course ever on the very first lecture. Uh, I went in there, and the professor came in with no notes, and he just started telling stories. And 
by the time an hour and a half was over, I had pages and pages of notes that I had no recollection of taking. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want people to come into a classroom and be, uh, be fearful of it and leave loving it. And that's what had happened to me. And I thought, what a cool thing to be able to do. So I, that day, this was the first lecture I had in statistics in my graduate program after I had completed almost all of my other coursework in that graduate program. Uh, I dropped out of that program and it wasn't <laughs> raining. It was not raining and I didn't have a broken leg. Were you on a flat spot? I, <laughs> and and uh, and I switched over to that program and never looked back. And I just, I consider myself incredibly lucky that statistics chose me. How about you? Go ahead. I have a similar, well, (laughs) I'm not sure anyone has a similar trajectory (laughs) to that, but Uh um, no, I, you know what this whole conversation before I I briefly tell my own is uh, a couple of years ago, we were reviewing applications for the doctoral program we have in quantitative psychology and in any given year, we get 60 or 80 applications and you know, we try to invite in maybe eight or 10 and then make offers to two or three. And we had a very strong candidate. And in their their self-statement, their statement of purpose, they opened with that ever since they were a child, they wanted to be a quantitative psychologist. And we were sitting around the table and dead serious. It wasn't trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Is several people express concern about the applicant of whoever wants to be a quantitative psychologist. Um, And then there was a pause and my colleague pointed out that we're actually in a field where expressing an interest in it is taken as a red flag (laughs) when applying. And so I have exactly the same thing very briefly. Uh, my brother has a, a comment about me as he says, well, to make a short story long. Mm-hmm. And so I'll try to, I'll try to keep it brief is um, I was a C student in high school. Um, all I ever wanted to be was a cop. And um, you couldn't be a cop until you were 21 in the state of Colorado, uh, which was interesting because you could drink at 18, but you couldn't be a cop until you were 21. And so I had three years to kill. And I talked to an army recruiter who promised me, because you know army recruiters are good to their word, that if I went into the army, I could be a military policeman, and after six years, get out, and I could be a cop anywhere I wanted to be. And I told my dad this, who was a high school teacher himself, and I got to tell you, Greg, looking back, this would have been, what, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, he played me like a Stradivarius violin (laughs) as we sat on the back deck. And if he had said over my dead body, I would have been, you know, enrolled in the army the next day. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think that's a great idea. He said, you know, I was in the army. He was drafted in Korean War. He was trained as an infantryman. He said, it's discipline, it's structure, it builds character. He said, I think you would absolutely just flourish in the army. And then he paused and he said, but remember, if you want to be a detective, you got to have a college degree. If you only have a high school degree, you're going to be a street cop your whole life. 
in retrospect, <clears throat> I think he just lied to me. I think he just made that up on the straight spot. Up. <laughs> I just think that was just a straight up cold hearted lie. Uh-huh. But I said, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that. And he said, well, your mom and I will send you to the University of Colorado if you want to, but it's totally your choice. And so I sat on the back deck and I was like, boot camp, boulder, boot camp, boulder, boot camp. And I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I'll go to boulder. And so went to college, still wanted to be a cop, picked psychology because it seemed like a major related to, to copdom. And then in my last year of school, I, I had the apocryphal professor who reached out to me, started working in his lab and discovered research uh, and decided I wanted to be a faculty member. Um, went to Arizona State in, you know me well, but you may not even know this yourself, clinical psychology. I am, my PhD is a child clinical psychologist. Um, uh, there's so many layers to what's wrong with that, but go um, ahead. For me, for those around me, for those who it impacts, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to Arizona State University, never wanted to practice. I wanted to do research, had no interest in quant at all. I had no proclivity for it. I had no skills. I, I had no draw to it. But I get there and there's Steve West and Leon Aiken and Dave McKinnon and all these amazing people at Arizona State. And one class after another, I kind of accidentally found myself enjoying to read more the method stuff than the substantive stuff. And so I took my PhD in clinical and did a postdoc uh, with Bengt Mutain at UCLA. Um, that was a remarkable couple of years working with him and his grad students and postdocs. And that kind of shoved me even further forward. And I, I pretty much just stumbled drunkenly from one thing to another and ended up here. Uh, the punchline of this whole story is I make a horrible advisor because my recommendation is have no plans for anything. Mm-hmm. Don't think anything more than about six months ahead of time. And it seems to work out. It, it does. I, well, I think that's true for all of us, right? That it's hard to imagine looking back. You had no idea where you would be in two years or three years or four years. It just keeps changing. And in a good way. So I am envious of you because you had a mentor with a an accent mark in his last name. And I have a theory that all the best people trained under somebody with an accent mark under their last name. So it, uh, you had an accent mark in your in your postdoc. I had I never had so much as a an umlaut or a sedia or anything. Um, so I, I'm totally making this up as we go. So I think. That could be our motto. Totally making this up as we go. I can already see the (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. We can have one printed for my mom. Nice. So, mom, expect a t-shirt in a little while. Thank you for listening. If anybody else accidentally was listening, we appreciate your time as well. And uh, uh, we look forward to talking to you in future episodes. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, Be sure to check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you use, and leave us a review. Uh, And be sure to tell your friends. Oh, also be sure to check us out on Twitter, where our handle is at QuantitudePod. You can also visit our website, QuantitudeThePodcast.org, to check out past episodes and other cool stuff. You've been listening to Quantitude, the podcast where good ideas go to die. Today's episode was brought to you by The Number Zero, 
messing with fraction denominators since 1800 BC. By the random number seed 050965, and by the Society of Self-Selection into Treatment Conditions, dedicated to the misattribution of cause across the social sciences. This is most definitely not NPR. <laughs>